to this month's bonus cast. We are Phil and Meredith, and we believe that the life of a Jesus follower is a resilient life, which is why every month we are having conversations around topics that build a resilient life. Phil, what are we digging into this month? Yeah, today we're talking about technology, and really specifically we're wanting to talk about technology and kids, which is potentially ironic because you're probably listening to this month's episode, this bonus cast via technology, technology, right? On your phone. But we're going to be talking about what healthy technology use looks like, screen time use, um, how you can parent well in this day and age, all those types of things. Yeah. So we have three little boys who, like most little kids, really enjoy uh, screen time. They enjoy movies. They enjoy games. They have favorite shows. Uh, Our boys are five two and one. Uh, So we have lots of conversations and have had lots of conversations as they've kind of moved through different stages about what technology looks like. And we're constantly evaluating what's good for us, what's good for them, and what kind of the newest information is. I mean, technology is always evolving and the research around technology is always developing and evolving as well. So it's really a continual conversation. But today, we just want to offer you a little bit of what we've learned and why we uh, kind of see some things the way we see them. Yeah. So in these conversations, we typically look at what does the world say about things and, mm-hmm. and why we're talking about this topic specifically? And then what does the Bible say about this? If it says anything specifically or maybe in principle, uh, let's dive into that and some practical things. We're going to finish up talking about what we do within our own household. So you get a little bit of an insight into what technology and screen time use looks like for our, for our family and our boys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the initial things just to thought a thought to start around is this uh, idea that, you know, that our kids are really this, uh, this beautiful thing that God has given us that we are preparing to send into a day that's, that's far ahead of us, a day that we won't see, a day that we won't be part of. You know, I love what Psalms 127 and 4 says. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. You know, that picture that we are sending them farther than we will ever go. And so the questions I ask are, am I preparing them for a day that I won't ever see? And and I think undoubtedly technology is a part of that day. Yeah. And, and my legacy lives on beyond me. And that, you know, in some ways is through my children and the impact that I'm making upon them and the impact that they're making upon the world. And so what does that look like? And what do I what do I want that imprint to look like that is living beyond my time that's here on the earth? And, you know, when we when we look at scripture, scripture doesn't talk specifically about technology, right? Because 2000 years ago, no one was holding an iPhone or a, right. one of those cool new flip uh, phones that Samsung has or anything like that. But um, but it didn't have anything to say about technology. But Meredith, what does it talk about specifically, Maybe or maybe even some principles of, about technology and what we can glean? Yeah, I think it, it would be so helpful, you know, if you could open and it said, oh, in social media spaces, be diligent right. in all of your... And you'd be like, oh, that's what we <laughs> that's need That's what to Jesus do. said in those yeah, red letters. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But what we do have is continually from, you know, from Old Testament scriptures to New Testament scriptures, we have a really clear high regard for the role of parents in preparing their children, in establishing great principles in their children, in loving and caring for their children, and in preparing them then for the purpose and design that God has for each one of those children. So I think it's really important to think about that in terms of the underlying principle for parents is is not necessarily technology 
technology driven or digital space driven, but it's driven around, hey, these kids are, are my responsibility to steward well and to train up and raise up well in the things of God. And so how do all of these, in the same way that I think about how does their interaction with different social circles impact that? How does their their perception of food impact that? How yeah, their does playtime outside their playtime outside impact that? And in all of those same ways, how does their education, you know, I think that's something we spend a lot of, of time as parents thinking about. But are we also thinking about how does their interaction with the digital world impact the principles that I'm growing and raising in them? Yeah. And so over time, the principles stay the same, but what that looks like might change and yeah, whatever absolutely. topic it is that you're inserting that principle into. But when it comes to technology specifically, we've obviously seen this change over time as we've had uh, devices that continually improve and become more and more helpful. Technology is ubiquitous. It, it used to be a thing that free Wi-Fi was a big deal, yeah. right? And now free Wi-Fi is expected. Yeah. Like, I think you can even just drop the free off it because it's just expected to be free now. And in, in some ways, it's almost seen as one of those uh, human rights or expectations. It's not a luxury anymore. And so uh, we see that change over time. And because that technology has changed over time, the way that we interact with technology has changed a little bit. And I think you have some statistics that you want to share. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, when we're talking about technology, as we've discussed, you know, it continually increases and it's continually part of our everyday world. And what that means is our interaction with it keeps moving and keeps changing and evolving. So just to give a little picture of that, in 1997, kids under the age of two averaged one hour and 19 minutes per day of screen time. Mostly that would have obviously been TV time in 1997. In 2014, uh, that same study measured kids in the same age bracket and saw that three hours and three minutes was the national average for amount of screen time engaged with for kids two years old and under in the U.S., right? Wow. So that's an increase of... I mean, that's almost triple in that, exactly. that span of time. That's yeah. huge. It's a, it's a huge jump really from, uh, in some ways, not even a full generation, right? From one group of kids to just briefly later. I mean, that's probably not even these kids kids yet, right? Yeah. We haven't even jumped that far. We've seen the time almost triple. And, and that, I mean, there are a lot of things that play into that, that I'm sure as listeners, you're really well aware of the accessibility of it, the the pervasiveness of screen time and the ease of it. And even, you know, the amount of, um, of social pressure around, you know, ha- having screen time. I think when we, and maybe we'll get into this, but when we talk about roles of parents, then creating those standards for your kids, creating those family norms of what you want, then you become the, the garter of that space. And I know that that has been a space that you and I have had to figure out how do we navigate this graciously? How do we navigate this lovingly um, while also holding on to what we feel like God is speaking to us about establishing for our family culture? Um, because everyone's not going to see that the same way. Um, and that impacts the amount of screen time, right? Kids are getting in that. Uh, I know also adults are spending like over seven hours of screen time. Yeah, the Um, average American now spends somewhere between seven to eight hours on a screen per day. And so obviously that's considering things like TV and your iPad, right. and it's con- including your the phone that you might be holding in your hand right now or that is very rarely more than six feet away from you. And so as we have more devices, of course, it makes sense that that is true. Also, just the reality and, and making sure that we're understanding this, this might not be apples to apples in the comparison with kids' use is that many of us work on computers. And so now we're considering that we're sitting at a desk, we're, we're more sedentary 
country than we've ever been before in the history of humanity because we're sitting at a desk and we're communicating from that desk to people potentially from all over the world. And just in the same way that you and I are communicating, it's, it's wonderful to be able to utilize technology. But what we're talking about is making sure that we're using technology well and we're not allowing it to be abusive in the way that we experience life. Yeah, I, totally. And, and evaluating what has this use been, right? Like sitting and reading your morning paper as a digital version on an app is very different than, uh, Mindlessly scrolling than a half on hour of, on TikTok, right? Yep. That's, those are two very different interactions with the, with the te- technology that you're engaging with. But it, it's so interesting when you look at the statistic of the amount of time that a, adults are now spending on technology and on screens particularly, when you think that an average American spends between seven and eight hours on a screen and you think about how many hours of sleep you might have averaged per night over the last week, it's probably around seven or eight hours the average American is sleeping. And so now we're starting to see that number of hours spent on screens outweighs the amount of time that we're sleeping, which is mind-blowing. I never thought that we would get there in our lifetime, but here we are now sitting here talking about how we're spending more time on screens than we are sleeping. Yeah, and we're huge technology proponents, right? We think that it's a tool that the way that it's used has a lot to do with the person using it more than the thing itself. Technology, I think, is morally neutral, and it, it has to do with how are you using it, how are you guarding it, what are you doing with it, but it is really important, I think, for us to understand that there are specifically when we're talking about kids or or maybe specifically for today because that's kind of the focus of the conversation as parents there are some things that we need to be aware of that there are a lot of connections that we're starting to see about delays in development um, connections with attention and anxiety and depressive disorders that are related to the amount of television the amount of screen time um, whether that's games and apps and and shows that kids are connecting with and even some early research that's making connection between addictive disorders and the amount of screen time that kids get, particularly in earlier, younger years, um, because of the way that your your brain engages with a digital screen uh, is different than the way that your brain engages and develops with, you know, the natural world or with other humans. So keeping a lot of those things in mind, and, and I guess really understanding as well that this is a really new topic and a new space. Right. Um, there's so... There's more research coming out, I'd say, even since our kids were born. You know, I know when Theo was little is kind of when we started looking into it. So that was about five, six years ago now. Um, but even so, even in the last five to six years, we've really seen the increase of uh, research and, and some uh, kind of general standards being released about that. Um, but it is. It's such a new space. Right. I mean, the iPhone was released in what, 2007. Right. And yeah, I got mine in 2011, but that yeah. was back in Australia. So <laughs> well, <laughs> it took, it a, took it a while to get there. It took a couple extra years. Um, you know, Netflix, we think about Netflix uh, being so almost, you know, it's a household term these days. Yeah. But Netflix only moved to its digital on demand streaming capacity. Remember before then they mailed DVDs to people's houses. That yeah, was their kind of original were. inception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made the digital transition in 2007 as well. And then the iPad only came out in 2014, which now is almost considered like part of the parenting package, right? Like you get an iPad for for your kid or, or at least at a certain age. I know it's a lot of conversation about what age should kids start getting tablets. That's only, you know, what is that? Seven, I don't know. My math isn't good. 2014 to now that's seven yeah. years. 
that that the iPad has even been in existence. So the research is what I'm saying on this stuff is still really still early and new. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and we're still w- walking it out and seeing what it does to us. And and of course, um, a child who's watching people on a screen, that's not the same thing as them living their own life as well. Yeah. If you're watching someone live their life, you're not gaining within yourself an understanding of how to be involved in conversation, how to resolve conflict, how to deal with emotions that you're feeling. You can't see other people do that and know how to do that yourself. Yeah. You're not living your own life in that sense. So, And I, w- I won't get lost in this, but on that point, I won't get lost in all the research because, you know, it's a topic that I've, uh, I've done a lot of kind of digging on, but they've done some really interesting research with a kid watching a person on a screen doing a certain interaction and then watching the same person in the room doing the exact same interaction Mm -hmm. and, you know, and measured the retention rate of the kid and and all of that kind of, um, you know, all of those different, you know, brain things that light up on us. Um, And and it's totally different, which is not to say there aren't things that kids can learn through a digital space, but it's not, it's not identical for sure. Yeah. we, We know that to be true as well, that if you are in a meeting and you're hearing a bunch of information, or if you're in a church service and you're hearing someone preach a message or something like that, that you're only going to retain a certain amount of that until you write it down or until you share that information with somebody else, because now you're owning that and you're living that. And now it's something that becomes true for you as well. Totally. So let's talk a little bit about what the the world recommends or some of the experts recommend in terms of screen usage for little kids. Yeah. One of the things that has been really cool, like I said, when, when our son was born, Theo, who's almost six now, there were very little even kind of like standardized guidelines available around what technology usage um, is being recommended. So in the last kind of two years, some general guidelines have been released. So the kind of um, main organizations that release this stuff is the American Association of Pediatrics, the World Health Organization, American Psychiatric Associations. Um, All of them have released their own guidelines. They are all kind of similar and in the same general spaces within a couple months here or there. You're welcome to look all that up on your own. But generally speaking, somewhere about 18 months to 24 months and younger, they recommend zero screen time at all right so I know that's really shocking because a lot of people engage in screen time with kids really early on out the womb yeah right out the womb and and you know the not not to knock knock anything but there were certain um like videos and things even when we were kids that were regarded as really helpful and useful for developing uh your child's brain really early on and and what these groups are saying is maybe that that's not as effective as we once thought that it was um that the exception on that is that they say that in interacting in things like a video call, right? Doing video calls with family members um, does have a different impact because there's an engagement aspect to that that is very different than a game or a video. Exactly. You can tell there's someone there that's responding. Yeah. Yeah. So so doing that with a kid who's under kind of that two-year mark seems like that makes a lot of sense, but all other screen time should really be avoided um, as much as possible in that gap. Then when they move kind of into those toddler early kid years, two to five years old, the rec- the current recommendation is an hour or less of, um, I-, I love this caveat that I think it's the American Association of Pediatrics puts this in theirs, um, is of high quality 
content, right? Mm. So part of the way they define that is things that are educational in nature um, and uh, like a show or a game that's developing uh, different things around uh, like emotions or social behaviors, the types of shows that ask kids questions and then leave that awkward pause for the kid to respond. Mm-hmm. I know it's one of the cool yes, things. Yes, I do want to imagine with yeah, you, right? right one right, of the right. cool things we've got to observe is as your kids move into that phase and they actually start responding, but that's even, right, that's developing some understanding in them um, about how those things go, as opposed to maybe something that's just going to be colors on a screen, yeah. you know, that, that yeah. noise, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then six years and and older, it gets a little bit vaguer because a that's when uh, a kid's pr- temperament is really starting to develop and show, and you, you're going to have to start getting really specific about your kid. Uh, but also, a lot of other things like school and different activities are starting to come into play. So the guidelines around that really circle around creating strong guidelines and conversations, and that parents need to be monitoring and engaging with the type of technology that their kids are involved in. Yeah, that's so good. So just like in a real quick recap, when the kid is born, zero. Correct. And then that should increase slowly um, up until the point of, you know, six and beyond where you're now starting to have conversations with them about uh, what what good usage is for you and your culture and within your family. What's really interesting about that is that uh, you know, when when you look at studies or maybe when you when you watch interviews and read articles about tech executives where the people are in these massive, um, you know, San Diego, San Jose tech companies, whether it's social media or Google or whatever, um, a lot of them are recommending to stay off tech Mm. for kids. And like their background is within tech and within social media and and, and that's how they've made their wealth and their careers. But what their recommendation is, and they even say, you and know what? what they I, do with their own family. Exactly. Right? In my yeah. own home, I, I know that I was helpful or I know that I helped produce Facebook or TikTok or, or whatever. Um, but within our own home, we don't use social media. Or within our own home, we, we limit you know tech usage to an hour per day mm-hmm. and those types of things. And so if people within that community that know probably more than we do about the effects on us as people are putting recommendations and restrictions on their own kids, it's probably worth us considering and paying attention to that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it butts up against maybe the thought that I, I, I know pushback that I've received with, with the way that we kind of monitor our kids' use in digital space is, well, technology is part of life today. And is your kid going to be behind in how to use technology because they're not? And so I think it um, maybe gives me some peace of mind to think, I mean, if these people who are excelling in the tech space are saying, no, I feel like my kid will be able to pick up on that. Uh, what's more important to me is that they're learning some of these other spatial skills and, you know, reasoning and social interactions and all of that, um, that, that that's not too much of a concern. Yeah. So we were just talking a little bit about what the world says or what experts say within society. Let's talk a little bit about what the Bible says specifically. Obviously, we know that technology didn't exist in the way that it does today. There's no scripture about social media. But what have you found that are some principles and takeaways for us when it comes to how we can parent well in this space? Yeah, well, I think that one thing to keep in mind is that scripture is not anti technology. Sure. Right. We see examples of technology while it's not digital technology throughout scripture. Just we miss it sometimes because it's so different. We don't consider, you know, when we when we hear about craftsmen who built the temple, who worked with metals and who Mm -hmm. worked with stone and all, we don't think of that as technology. But of course, that was a huge technology, uh, you know, step and advancement of of the time. We hear about things like chariots and even, uh, you know, all of the letters in the New Testament, Testament were written with ink 
on paper, which is a jump from in the Old Testament when they were chiseling out in tablets of stones. Yeah, tablets. So so I think it's really important to to note that scripture is not speaking against technology at any point and for us to not miss that in the time gap of that space. Um, One of the big things I think is I I hear a lot of fear around technology Mm -hmm. Um, when people are talking about, obviously, there's a lot of question marks around it. And there's a lot of spaces you can get into that you don't want your kids getting into. And and so I think it's so important to know that that scripture tells us so clearly that that fear is not the way that we live our lives or the decision um, maker in our life. And I, I think that's been helpful for me. To know, yeah, I'm creating boundaries, but I'm not creating boundaries out of fear. I'm creating boundaries um, because of where I want my kid to go, not where I don't want them to go and to grow in life. Yeah. Yeah, scriptures that I think of when it comes to how we can enter into this space and, and be wise in it is the scripture that we know well is not conforming to the patterns of this world, but be transformed yeah, by the renewing of our mind. And And when I think about that in this context, I think, well, just because... Joey Smith down the road is allowed to watch TV until 10 p.m. Um, and and his parents allow uh, him to have screen time whenever he wants it, all of those types of things. That doesn't mean that I have to allow that to exist in my own home. Yeah. Or just because my kid knows that and he's saying, well, every, all my friends are on social media. Well, that doesn't really matter, mm. right? Because w- what you are responsible for within your own home is the influence and the stewardship of what God has put within right. in your reach. And so it's important to be considering that, that, um, that we're not to be conformed to the patterns of the world and what the world is doing at large, but be transformed about what the Holy Spirit is leading you into. And then the other scripture that I think about is loving God and loving people. Mm. And uh, and when it comes to loving people and, and loving children in this context, I'm not sure that putting a child in front of a TV screen for six hours a day is the most loving thing that we can be doing, right? And, and sometimes, you know, you are tired as a parent. Sometimes you've got a lot of other things that you can need to be doing. And, and you know, I think that there's exceptions and grace for all of those types of things. But as parents, we've been called by God to be the immediate influence and spiritual authority in our children's life. And and to love that child means to engage with them and to get down on eye level with them and to respond to them and to speak to them and to demonstrate things to them and, and to show them and to not be distracted on social media and devices ourselves and to love them by interacting and playing with them. And, and yeah. there was a study that I was hearing about recently that looked at brand new babies that are uh, fresh out of the womb. And, you know, we know that children learn through imitation, right? That if if you do something to a child, then they're going to often do that back to you, whether it's waving to the child or pulling a funny face or trying to poke the tongue out or whatever it is, right? And and that's really how we learn to talk and interact as a whole. And so this study was looking at how um, brand new babies take time to be able to respond. And Mm. so in the same way that I'm speaking to you and you're speaking back to me, we're able to do that quickly because we've learned how to do that over time. But little children don't know how to respond at that same speed. And so the study was talking about how uh, a dad was looking at a dad who would pull a funny face to a child to see if the child would also put put, the the son's uh, tongue out as well and to imitate the dad. And then a few seconds go by and the child doesn't respond. So the dad loses interest and walks off and, and does something on his social media or something. But then about a minute later, the child finally pokes his tongue out because yeah. he's figured out, wow. he's been thinking the whole time, how can I respond to what my dad just did? But it just takes 
a minute for me to be able to process that and to control my mouth to do that and to get my tongue out of my mouth and all of those types of things. But because social media has taught us for to expect instant response and Googling things has taught us to expect instant response, when we try and apply that to our own kids, we miss the opportunity to see beautiful moments of interaction and engagement and imitation because we're now expecting instant response as opposed to putting all devices away, putting all screens away and just being present with the child and not trying to rush through those moments. Yeah. Wow. That's really powerful. I, I just, I mean, I love that thought of just like slowing down and being present with your kid and how easy it is to let your phone, let let a show, whatever, pull you away from that moment and into the next thing. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we practically do within our own home. And, and I want to give the caveat or maybe the disclaimer that these are just things that we do that we are constantly tweaking and evaluating. Some of these might be helpful for you as a listener. Yeah. Um, and some of them you might want to discuss with your partner or spouse and, and figure out, is this something that we want to apply to our own home? This is, this is Phil and Meredith's list of things that we do within our own home when it comes to tech and, and screen usage. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, it's not, th- these aren't copy paste. These are really driven from values that we have personally, the the type of kids we want to raise, and as well as just our, our general lifestyle and the pace of our week, a lot of those things um, feed into, into it. And so, but I think just... M- I often find hearing other people's examples helps my brain get going on what makes sense for, you know, our space and our world. So love it. Yeah. So we encourage you to be having conversations, of course, uh, between the two of you and and potentially if you're a single parent, then have conversations with other parents that are around there as well. Maybe your parents or maybe friends that you have that are parents so that you can be figuring out and you've got a verbal place to be able to, to discuss that so that you're, like you said a few moments ago, Meredith, that you're not fearful of entering into the space yeah. um, and that you're understanding we're not trying to respond with misuse or we're not trying to avoid and, and uh, the space altogether, but we're responding with proper use. Yeah, um, And then uh, as, you're, as you're having those conversations, making sure that you get onto the same page as well is so crucial. One of the things that Meredith yeah. and I do, we're both co-parenting in this yeah. um, and we're not doing something like I, I'm not going to say to one of my sons, well, mommy sees it that way, but I don't see it that way. So yes, you can go ahead and get your screen. Or if mommy yeah. said no, and I'm going to say yes, and you can now just come to me because you didn't like the answer that the other parent gave, right? Exactly. That we are united when it comes to parenting. Uh, and, it's, and it's important to make sure that your united approach is decided upon before you enter into those spaces with your kiddos. Yeah. As we jump into these, I think a thought that um, would be great to keep in mind as well is that in your household, it's so important that you are leading the way in in having a healthy relationship with technology as parents. Uh, I I don't see a good space for being constantly strapped to your phone, constantly having the TV on as noise in the background, but then trying to teach your kids to create healthy boundaries with that. Ultimately, what they're going to do is imitate what they see you doing. Um, as you create those boundaries. So I think that's that's part of where we start, and I think that's where some of our examples start. So let's yeah. get into it. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, um, our, our dinner space is really a sacred space. Yeah. So when we're sitting around the table, A, just sitting around a table and having a meal is so important in general. Totally. But we make sure that we guard that space where we don't bring phones to the table. That means whether we are sitting at home and our phones are in another room and the TV is off, we might have you know some soft music playing mm-hmm. or jazz or instrumental or something, um, but, but we don't put our phones on the table. 
whether it's screen screen side up or screen side down, they don't even change come it. in that room. No one is going to see a, a phone or a device at a table, whether we're eating at home or whether we're eating out, making sure that phones are off the table and that place is guarded. Yeah. And our kids will tell you, even though they don't have phones yet, they will tell you. I know we've had people over. We probably need to teach them a more uh, gracious way to say it because they're still quite little. But if someone brings a phone to the table, they'll be like, oh, we don't bring phones to tables right. here. <laughs> like, you don't bring phones anywhere. Right, three, right, right, right. Because you have no pockets, right? right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, even starting to set that is really that, that that space is about connecting with each other. It's not about connecting with the outside world. Yeah. So uh, talk a little bit about what our, our bedroom space looks like. Yeah. So something that I heard, you know, I guess years ago before we were even married was uh, advice from someone that to not have a TV in the bedroom, that that's a space for you and I um, to kind of guard. Some people create. listening were like, what? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, some people don't do that. Yeah, I know. I know it's really common. To be honest, it's one of the things that I forget, I guess, sometimes that we've established as maybe a unique um, part of our household culture, because I know it is really common for a lot of people to have uh, a TV in their bedroom. And, and maybe that makes sense for you because of what, you know, your household space looks like. Um, but for us, it was about creating a space where when you and I come in there, um, it's disconnected from what else is happening in the outside world. And the TV is such a filter of, you know, all of the news or all of the other distractions. And you end up coming in and just watching a show and not talking to your spouse, not connecting with your spouse during that time. So we just made a really intentional decision when we got married not to bring a TV into our bedroom, um, which is a space that we've had to kind of um, evaluate and, and keep talking about over over the years. Yep, absolutely. And so uh, another one in, in line with what we were talking about earlier, some recommendations from some of the different groups that are out there. Uh, our kiddos, as they are under two years old, they don't have any screen time, which of course becomes more difficult the more kids that you have as right. you have older kids that are now watching TV or older kids that might be playing a quick game on your phone or something like that. Um, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to enforce that. And I think, of course, you need to provide space and grace for yourself as a parent as you're, as you're yeah. doing that. But as much as possible, uh, our kids have not had any screen time under the age of two. Yeah, yeah. I think the, um, you know, like with most kids, the, the line on that with Theo was very clear. Theo is our oldest, was very clear and very definitely no screen time. Winston is our youngest of our three boys. And I think, you know, he's present when the TV is on, when his older brothers are there. So it's, it's not maybe as stringent, um, but he wouldn't be given a tablet, given a phone. He wouldn't um, have a TV turned on for him. Uh, in the way that his older brothers would. So yeah, yeah. And, and that's true. Even if we're going out and we're at a restaurant, and uh, you know, you, you see it often um, within different circles of uh, you know a family sitting at a table, and the first thing that happens when you sit down is, well, let me give the let me give the screen or the the yeah. iPad or the tablet to my kids so that they have something to do, um, and the and the adults can speak now. Right. Yeah. And so you know when we take our kids to restaurants, we might have some quiet games that they can play with. Maybe they could do some coloring on different things. Maybe mm -hmm. they can have some conversation. Um, and, and it certainly is more work and sometimes is tempting to give them a phone where they can just play a quick game or watch something. But, but that same rule would apply whether we're at home or whether we're out as well. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that has been about I guess keeping the long game in mind, mm -hmm. it's certainly inconvenient to have a two-year-old, a three-year-old at a table who's not distracted by a phone. 
Um, but they're picking up so much while they're sitting there at that table with you. They're learning, observing so much when they're involved in what's they're happening. They're about what interacting can look like, what exactly. healthy communication should look like. How people communicate at a table. And when you think about, you know, I've always loved the quote that we're raising adults, we're not raising kids, yeah, right? Yeah, Which yeah. helps me keep that focus of we're ultimately looking at who are these people going to be when they're adults? And you think about how many important things happen out at restaurants, out at dinner tables. You know, our, our, our boys are going to date their future spouses uh, at dinner tables, at restaurants. Mm. They're going to network for their future Probably jobs. Not or a phone. Yeah, not 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 entirely through a phone. Maybe that'll be a part of it, but I don't I don't think the table is going anywhere and what happens there. And so we want to make sure we're training them and preparing them for that space. Yeah. So we've just laid out a couple of things that we don't do. We do provide a space on weekends, whether it's on, on Fridays or Saturdays. Um, for maybe a, an hour or two for our kiddos to watch some TV. Again, we, we try and make sure that it's educational TV, that they're getting something out of it, that they can respond to it, those types of things. But it's really just a few episodes on those mornings when we're all at home together and we can yeah. uh, and we, we don't have somewhere to be. Yeah, and engaging with it with them, which doesn't necessarily mean um, like we're sitting there watching the whole thing, but coming back and saying, oh, what did you learn in your show today? Or what happened in that? Making that still part of connection, not something separate that your kids do that you're completely disconnected with um, is a way that we help stay involved in that space with them. Yeah. And so um, our five-year-old Theo, who you've heard a little bit about of in this bonus cast, uh, sometimes he might play a game on my phone uh, if we're out and about, or maybe it's an interactive something that he can be a part of, or, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different video messaging platforms that you can grab a hold of now. And so if they're calling one of their friends, maybe in a different town or state or country, they can interact with them now and they can play games with the other person through that device. And so, of course, during COVID and inability to travel and some of those other things. It's a good opportunity to engage with people you know, as a, as a three, four, five-year-old, they might not want to sit and have a conversation with someone through a screen, but now they can have fun through the screen with one of their friends because they're engaging through a video game. Yeah, and that that has been a real learning space for me because I think uh, we're, we're in agreement on this, but I think I probably held the line harder or have been more passionate about really limiting the digital space for the boys. Um, I, I did a lot of the, I don't know, early research and all of that on it. And so when you, you kind of introduced Introduced Theo into the games and starting to do that and um, specifically we're doing some of the kind of interactive games that you can do through different apps with some family members who live overseas and at first I felt really unsettled by it because I felt like I didn't know if we were ready for him to be you know playing with games on technology and, and how quickly some of that stuff can snowball but then I realized oh he's actually he's interacting with someone he's and connecting and bonding yep. and having this shared experience through technology um, and one of the things personally that I've just had to guard is making sure that in creating the boundaries, I'm not creating a scarcity mentality for our boys around technology, that it becomes something that they get so little of and that we hold the line so hard on that now it's the, you know, it's the the kind of thing that I never get. And so I always want more and more and more of it, but, but creating the right amount of spaces and continually letting them grow up. I mean, he's not two, he's not three anymore. He's able to engage in that way. So again, continually um, evolving and engaging in the space and having conversation, I think is so important in this topic. Yeah, 100%. And we're obviously not in the space of 
having teenagers that are entering into social media or anything like that. Yeah. That's, that's a huge conversation that's probably worth dedicating some time to in a future uh, bonus cast. Um, but we'll make sure that we that we address those spaces because I know that that you potentially have, um, that you're having that conversation with you in your household about when is it okay to get on yeah. TikTok or when's it okay to get on Instagram and, and how to do that well and what applications might be available to help with monitoring and making sure that kids are being safe and all those types of things. So we'll make sure that we enter into that space when we've got some extra time yeah absolutely so this is you know really what we wanted to share today is just encouraging you to make sure that that you're not just taking in I guess what uh what anyone is throwing at you about what technology should look like for your family but you will feel really empowered that you are the parent you are the garter of that space and that we don't want this to feel uh heavy there's a lot of thoughts that come in around technology and usage and maybe your guidelines maybe your situation looks different than ours um, and, and we don't want you to feel any condemnation around that, right? We want you to thoughtfully, prayerfully think about what is God speaking to me and what can I do as a parent to a parent these amazing young kids that God has given me? How do I steward them well? And I just want you to hear that you can do this, that you're doing an amazing job already, um, and that God is going to strengthen you and empower you and that it's worth the effort. Uh, I love what a friend of ours told us recently that it is the kid's job to push that line and constantly ask for more. And it is our job to continually hold the line and guard them and make sure that they're receiving the right amount of things and the right timing. So more than anything today, I just want you to be strengthened and encouraged and hopefully resourced uh, in a new way around this topic of technology and raising kids. Yeah, Meredith and I are cheering you on and believing that uh, when you partner together with your church family, with God in this, uh, that great days are ahead for you and for your family. And so if this content has been helpful for you, we'd love it if you would share it with other people as well. Make sure that you get the word out there and whatever platform that you're on, you can like it, you can share, you can subscribe, all those different things. And we want to hear from you. If you've got some questions about today's conversation, or if you've got questions about some other topic that you'd like for us to enter into, we'd love to hear from you. So make sure that you get a hold of us directly on any social platform so that we can continue the conversation there. But until next time, I want to encourage you to put your phone away, go get some fresh air, and we'll catch up with you on another bonus cast. Bye for now.